I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run! Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome to another new Spurs Order podcast under the touchline Fracker Banner. I'll be your host today, X-Pac. And um, just to set the tone, we're we're in unprecedented times right now. It's, uh, I think, four wins in a row. It's Ramadan, but we are feasting on dubs. Uh, let me go around to the rest of the cast. Dave, okay, Don Antonio, how you doing? I'm all right. <clears throat> Got my uh, glass of evening Baileys. Mm-hmm. On of Leon Bailey and the Aston Villa team, who we dunked on at the weekend. <clears throat> Only took 45 minutes to put them away. Um, but yeah, here we are. Uh, hopefully going to have a great pod. Well, I know we're going to have a great pod. We've got Cy back in the building. And we know that he's feasting, you know, now that the sun has gone down. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. Uh, but firstly, book, Books, Booker T, how you doing? Yeah, good man. Good. Not really enjoying this West Ham game, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, like Don Antonio, happy to have Cy back in the pod. It's been a minute, brother. Damn. Yeah, at the same time, at least Shavi Ball's going down the toilet. Um, <laughs> I'm taking a slight heart in that. 
And yeah, uh, Kevin Nash, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. As as the lads have put it, it is Ramadan. I'm a bit low on uh, energy unless my ops are losing. Then I'm feasting, 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 waiting for sundown to feast on the blood of my enemies. As we do. <laughs> so yeah, man. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, so let's get into it. Obviously, we are off the back of a 4-0 win versus Aston Villa. Um, one tip that's a bit of a banana skin for us, being away from home against what is um, a pretty adequate team. Um, but quite a testy first half. Um, Dave, what did you make of it, first of all? <clears throat> well, yeah, like you said, it can be, can be a tricky game. Uh, what time was it? Five thirty. Was it was an evening kickoff, wasn't it? <clears throat> so you know, by that point, you know, you know, Man United had lost uh, to Everton, Arsenal had lost to Brighton. So really, it's on us, you know. And, and you saw the tweets around four thirty, five o'clock, saying, "Right, guys, we know what Tottenham are like." <clears throat> but Conte obviously has got something in 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 the tank for these lot, and um, obviously pulled out. The, the the win in, in the end. I'm sure we'll get into it um, a bit more. But settled lineup, like we've been talking about, we're playing now one game a week for the most part. Uh, hopefully, if we avoid major injuries um, to some of the major players, and I say that you know because I know we've got some, but let's be honest, number two or AK Matthew, he shouldn't be a, a clear worry. But <clears throat> you know, it's one of the ones where. We just have to get through each game and just try to keep the pressure on now because we're now in not necessarily the driving seat um, because of that game in hand, but we do need to make sure that we keep getting these three points um, because other teams are, are obviously struggling to, to keep up. So, um, yeah, fourth game in a row that we've won. Um, unprecedented times, you know, considering how we started um, or how we were looking when Conte took over. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm sure we'll get into it a bit deeper, but it was good. It was a good, good win by the end of it. You know, we can enjoy our Saturday evenings. Um, I know sided himself. <laughs> like, because I know we scored with our first attack of the game, and it was a really good attack. Son slotting it away. Um, I'll move on to Son's biggest fan. Uh, how did you think? Like, see, West Ham created a lot in that half. Like, were they good? Like, were they actually good or were we just on a bit of a slow... Well, did we just score too early and just kind of take our foot off the gas a bit? Yeah. Um, I just... I, I didn't think that we started the game, like, well, to be honest with you. I felt like even despite the first goal we scored, um, it almost felt like we just kind of lost our groove a little bit. Uh, in terms of our ability to keep the ball, our, our, t- our ability to create any clear chances or to just kind of like um, just hold the fort against against them a little bit. And I just felt that um, by us being like not poor, but just a bit like, you know, a bit like laboured in our approach to try and play out and, you know, enforce our game on them, it kind of gave them confidence um, to kind of get us in areas that we were a bit vulnerable in, um, to kind of draw out Romero in like areas where he wasn't really comfortable coming, attacking the side of of um, Emerson because they know maybe he's seen as somewhat of a target. 
Mm. And also, you know, just um, shooting from range and trying to create as many attacking sort of opportunities as possible, um, which, I mean, it's kind of expected, you know, we're not a Man United, we're not a Man City or Liverpool, so we're not going to, we're not going to have 100% of possession throughout the game. And generally against teams like, teams like this, there's going to be ebbs and flow. But I kind of feel that like the sign of a good team as well is a team that is kind of got the ability to withstand a decent amount of pressure. Um, Hugo pulled out some great saves uh, and we managed to um, go into that half um, with a lead so that's that's about as as much of a positive as I could really take from that half um, I don't know like I don't I, I just don't think Villa are that good a side I feel like they're they're a lot of what, what do you call it um, not not flashing a pan but they're a lot of hot air They've got really good players here and there, but then when it comes to the nitty gritty, they don't tend to really, they don't tend to really do it. And Gerard's record so far seems to kind of, seems to kind of back that as well. Yeah, Gerard, uh, he obviously enjoyed a good start, and now it's kind of tailed off. Um, Coutinho, I thought, gave them a boost when he joined, and he obviously had a great first half as well. So you touched upon drawing Romero and Emerson out of position, and. Um, them not being able to get the ball off him or Ramsey that much. It felt like just retaining the ball in those kind of areas just really kind of uh, pulled us away and pulled us apart quite a bit. So, yeah, fair play to Hugo. He he was quite incredible in that half because I don't think, like, obviously a sign of a good team is withstanding pressure and holding it, but I don't think we did it that well in the first half. And honestly, I felt like Hugo really bailed us out. And before I move on to you, Si, um, I just wanted to kind of touch upon, um, I guess, some of Villa's fouls a bit. I, I didn't want us to sound too much like victims in this. But, boy, um, I just take it from, obviously, at the start of the season, the Premier League said they're going to kind of let certain challenges run so the flow of the game is sustained. Gerard said, like, after the Arsenal game that, you know, Saka should kind of man up a bit and stop asking for protection. Like, I've got two bad knees and can barely walk, which um, seemed like a bit of a mute point because that's kind of what Saka's trying to prevent. Um, Didn't think much of it because I just saw it as like the ops whinging at the time. I didn't watch that game. So what did you think of some of the challenges which were coming in? Because we've all played football and... To be fair, a lot of the challenges, they did actually get the ball. But I felt like, you know, the, some of the challenges, especially high up on the knee, were quite avoidable. Yeah. I think uh, you guys said Villa is usually a tough place to go, but we've won there the last seven times we've gone there in the league. So it's not that tough. So I feel like scoring so early in the game probably made them just flick a switch of desperation and panic and just started throwing bodies around. Um, it's one of the, the unknown quantities for this particular Spurs side as to whether or not they've turned a corner in terms of physicality and uh, will to win when the game gets a little bit tetchy because nobody's really put that sort of pressure on us yet. Um, Gerard is, is is that type of guy, isn't he? He's, he's heart on your sleeve, passion, leave it all on the on the pitch type of guy. So I just feel like they've 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 probably got it embedded in them. If you do go down early, let me just see some fight, let me see some aggression. And I felt like they just gassed themselves out. It's like a mm. 
a guy swinging from the fences in the first uh, four rounds of a of a heavyweight boxing fight, and then the rest of it was just academic. You've just got to pick them apart. Um, so yeah, their physicality didn't really bother us too tough. I think they actually made more inroads and and looked a better side when they did play the ball on the ground and just slick pass and move movement. Uh, but yeah, they 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 fucked themselves ultimately. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Is um, I guess we're all probably in agreement with that because, um, see, second half ended up being a bit of a different story. We kind of came out, and even in the first half, I think we were all seeing it in the group. Like, if we actually get the ball down and start stringing some passes together, like we will create chances. For what for one reason or another, we didn't really do that in the first half. But yeah, we we started the second half quite. Quite strongly, um, Dave. You're obviously a big fan of uh, Kulisevsky, as we all are, especially on the wing. Um, crucial goal at crucial time. Yeah, and he, he's been a big game player for us. Um, <clears throat> I say big game because every game since you know Conte has taken over has been a big game because we need all the points we can get to to, to get to where we want to be next year. <clears throat> um, you know, he, he's been a, a great signing for us and. Coming in January, I think he's got what five goals, or you know, he's got the most like you know goal contributions for any signing you know um, since January, and more than most players have um, in the league. So it's been great to see him link up. Um, I talked last week about his movement. You know, he, he's very good at you know <clears throat> making the right runs, all that kind of stuff. But he's he's just he's quintessential what we need out on that wing. You know, for years we've struggled with the likes of Amora um, and all the other players we've had on that wing, you know, for the past few years who don't, who don't stay wide. You know, they, they come in central, they take up the pockets that Kane likes to put in and gets likes to play in. Kulisevsky is just, he's like, look, touchline, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, um, and he makes four straight line, no angles, no nothing, he's just gone. You know, and maybe because he's not the quickest, and um, maybe that's why he has to kind of do that. Um, but it's obvious that he can he can play to the standard that we need in that position. Um, and for me, it was interesting because even the goal, it wasn't on his traditional um, right hand side. He cut in, got into the box, great finish. Um, no one really knew it was coming. It's one of the kind of snapshots, um, and that got us going. Um, and I think probably helped settle a lot of nerves. Um, but we've been great in the second half of games in the past few games, you know, Man United um, notwithstanding. Um, you know, we, we've put goals, you know, in past play, past teams in the past few games. So I didn't necessarily fear the situation at halftime. Um, Lloris obviously kept us in it. Um, what Just on te- technical thing on, on the first half, I think where we struggled is that they were playing two up top against a back three. <clears throat> so we know Chicken Royale is a horrible player. Okay? We know that. And the fact of the matter is, when he's on the pitch, Romero has to do a lot of covering. We saw that um, in the game against... Uh, who did we play before? It was a game before Villa, uh, the 5-1. Uh, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle home. Yeah, yeah we saw it in Newcastle. It's you know, he's got 
defensive deficiencies. <laughs> You've got footballing deficiencies. So Romero does a lot of covering against ASM in that game. And then, you know, he'd be tempted to do that here. But because you've got Coutinho on the pitch, okay, you have to know where he is at all times. And I think Romero was a bit too um, quick. They always press Coutinho, always press Coutinho. Um, and then Ings and, and Watkins were just playing off that. You can't go out to cover um, Everton because that creates space. And that's that's where they were getting their chances. Jakey Ramsey. Okay. Say again. In, Ings and Watkins. Yeah. Watkins. But the thing is, like, there's, a, there's a Owens two boys as well. I'm not letting that yeah, one. In, Ings, know. yes. Watkins was uh, Tops's boy in the summer. Uh, I wanted Ings uh, in the summer. Ings. There was a tweet, actually. I just want to identify that. I said, oh, like, was I the only one that wanted Ings in the summer? That did not mean I want him now. I think we can do better than him now, but in the summer, for sure. But, wow, I don't know how he didn't score, to be honest. I don't know how he didn't score. I've been a big fan of Ings for a few years. Um, I I, I thought at one point, yeah, he could be a backup striker to to Kane. Um, He does does some good things. He's a decent quality Premier League striker. Um, But he left his shooting boots at home this week, um, or last Mm. week, as it were. Um, If we're honest, those chances are bread and butter for a player of his you know, level. You know, he's not world class, but a player of his level should really be getting some of those shots on target. Um, so we've got lucky on that. But yeah, his movement and Watkins' movement was meaning that the back three had to be switched on, um, which they always they weren't always. Um, hence, they got so many chances, and it also meant Coutinho can have freedom of the park. Jacob Ramsey, did Jacob Ramsey? He was mm. just cutting through on that side again. Emerson on the other side, and he's cutting through. He's saying right, Emerson's going to be. You know, if it's one on one with Emerson, you, you know, we know he's getting cooked, right? Let alone two on one, three on right. one. They were sending every man out there. They were like, literally, they were going down to the left, to the left, Beyonce FC, all first half. Do you know what I mean? So, seeing that from them meant that I think Conte just had to be like, look, guys, you need to put this game away. Um, you're not going to get many chances. Um, we scored again, you know, high percentage, five out of four out of the five shots on target. Um, and we move three points. You know, by the time the third goal went in, um, you can tell they're a bit deflated. All they want to do is make it into a bit of a fight. Um, and then we started finding our our passes, sh- stringing in you know a good couple of minutes of possession, um, and we move. Yeah, we move indeed, and that was the side breakdown of um, what happened from the first half of the second half because it wasn't that clear what kind of adjustments we we, we made other than just being more careful with Coutinho. But uh, like Sai said as well, it was a combination of them kind of gassing themselves out and we made a few little tweaks and came in and um, scored at the right time. Um, so we made it 2-0. We looked like we had a nice amount of control on the game as well. And then, um, yeah, we moved on to actually creating more chances and scoring a couple more. Uh, Tops, talk to me about uh, Kane's head game. Pause. <laughs> Big pause, mama. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, Kane, you know, he's... I mean, it, he's he's got the ability to, to do this, you know. Like, I think maybe even when you watch the game, like, in real time like that, you probably don't take... You take for granted, actually, how good a pass that was. Uh, to have to even have the foresight to make that sort of quick look whilst the ball is midair, you know, not many players have the ability to do that, and not only to, to be able to maybe even predict himself doing that, but then to actually execute it um, in a way to get Sun in behind 
Um, it, was, it was excellent. Um, I don't know. I feel like he might be getting a little bit frustrated because he's not scoring, but he's creating so much for the team. I think that's, is it five or seven in the last three in terms of assists? So he, uh, it must be five, must be five. Yeah, he's he's really been putting himself about um, in, the, in the final third. I don't know, like, I enjoy it, but I also still feel as well that, like, if we had a player who was capable of doing this for him, it would be so much easier and he would be the person that would be supporting Sun and Kulisevsky in the final third uh, for scoring. But for now, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it however he's playing. Um, one thing I kind of feel as well, like, with this kind of way at the moment is that, like, in the first half, I, I kind of felt that we were... We were trying to build, and it wasn't it wasn't really working. And like like the guy said, maybe there were some tweaks made where they now wanted Kane to receive the ball earlier and maybe maybe deeper, so that he could maybe dictate the play uh, a lot more in the second half. And I found that there there were lots of opportunities where they were getting Kulusevski and they were getting Sun and they were getting Royale in advanced areas, but that was at the expense of Kane coming deeper in and then obviously playing these balls out. So maybe that was a switch on on Conte's shout. Or maybe that's just something that they wanted to do in-game. But it seemed to work, um, whatever they did in the second half. Damn, four and uh, we're all for Sun's purple patch as well now, yeah? Yeah, man. Sun's, Sun's back on the goals, man. He's back on the goals. Like, to be honest, we all know Sun's a clinical striker. We know we, we know that he's a clinical player, a clinical striker. I mean, to be honest with you, he, he was in a bit of a funk before and I kind of feel like maybe he wasn't even getting the chances before but like you know someone no, you disgusting. <laughs> but some but someone but someone who is as clinical as he is yeah man he's he's putting him away now and I don't know I also kind of feel as well that like he's playing in the way that is finally I actually feel that suiting his game like I went to the game at home to Newcastle and obviously watched this game as well and I'm just finding that like now He's actually more happy to not come and do the the one touch back to Dyer or one touch back to Emerson and then feed himself back into the final third. He's actually sitting off the last man. He's waiting for that ball over the top from Romero or he's waiting for that ball off Kane um, in the middle third. And that's kind of where you want him, really. You kind of want him finishing off chances or at least running onto chances. That's where I think he's. That's where I think his best his best sort of football is played when he's kind of running onto the ball or the ball is two feet and he can attack it as opposed to him maybe playing with his back to goal or him being involved in 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 the build up where he makes uh, you know not a useless pass but uh, like a needless one two with Dyer or some of the midfielders that's not going to really progress the ball it might recycle it but it's not really going to progress it in the way you want I hear it I hear it and um I just want to throw a slight honourable mention to a player and uh, throw Sai a slight curveball from uh, what we had on our um, agenda to talk about on this podcast. But obviously there was not a call on this player today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's been a much debated player and I thought he had a good game against Aston Villa personally, despite being targeted by some of the heavier challenges in midfield. Um, so what do you think of... Uh, Pierre-Emil Hoybier's last few weeks? Has he justified him uh, staying in the team? Uh, our options are limited, so he's obviously going to be first choice next to Bentoncourt. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, in in the second half, I, I remember Conte after the game basically highlighted that the midfield uh, adjustments won the game for us. And both him and Bentoncourt uh, were much more willing to collect the ball from the centre-backs as opposed to sort of spreading and allowing uh, Dyer to do his sort of, let me try and find Kane from the back. So we just had a bit more of a pivot. Um that can obviously be seen for some of the build-up play that we did see in the wings, on the wings as well, uh, which is obviously our main source of creation. Just quick one-twos down the line, try and get it into Kane and then spray it. Um, so those rehearsed moves are benefited by having people like Hoybier actually showcasing that they are able at some moments to turn and just release the ball. Um, but as has been the case for the last however many weeks now, Benton Core has just proven that nobody, nobody knows what they're talking about when players are coming into teams. Absolutely nobody. Remember Tops, uh, my man, tapping Tobes, um, saying, oh, Benton Core, he can't play the ball through the lines. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, no, he can. He, he does it at such a high clip at this present moment that we don't even really need to control the game in midfield because it gets straight to our forward three and then we're on, on the 18-yard box smashing goals in. So, yeah, man, as, as much as Hoybier hasn't been a calamity, I'm not going to get the streamers out and start stroking that vote, Viking boat and all of that shit because, yeah, nah, it's Benton Core, man. Benton Core and Kulisevsky have changed the complexion of this team. We have some technicality in that team. We have physicality in that team and we have players that ultimately will show adventure and get us into the positions to attack with effectiveness and guile. 100%. Um, I don't think anyone would disagree with the last points, especially on uh, Ben Tanker and Kulizewski. Um Kulizewski in particular, well, actually, I love them both equally and a lot. Um but yeah, that wraps really up. interesting positions on, on, on the pitch. Like he, he plays as the peripheral centre midfielder at stretches over the course of the game. Mm. And then you find him you find him on the edge of that 18 yard box as, as the furthest man forward a lot of the time. So he covers so much ground and he, he has an understanding of what situations to be where. And I think as 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 you pointed out, I think that allows guys like Sun to just focus on what they're good at. Um because this whole misnomer that you have to be, in order to be world-class or perform at a world-class level, you have to be involved in everything. It's like, where's that energy for Cristiano? Like, Cristiano's not done anything in build-up for the better part of six years. It's like, no, you put him in positions to be prolific and you reap the benefits. And that's what Sun needs to be for us. K-pop. K-pop Ronaldo, as I like to call him. I thought you were trying to get into K-pop. I'm trying to say keep up as a pun for K-pop. Yeah, but either way, that works. That works. And, um, yeah, I'd say that wraps up the uh, the Aston Villa game all in all. Uh, we could probably talk about Kulizewski in particular for ages, especially for what he's giving up on the right-hand side, just for decision-making alone. But, man, you, so... Um, why, why that result in particular was so uh, sweet, like, like the waffles I ate when uh, Arsenal lost. What's that? Can we talk about why the result was so sweet, like the waffles I ate after Arsenal lost? 
not Ericsson as the guy we're not getting back just yet. But uh, Dave, what are your initial thoughts on uh, the likelihood now of Bale actually coming back? <sighs> okay, whatever. I literally, like, <laughs> I was, I was so <laughs> pro so Bell last year. Um, I just, you know, it, I'm almost past caring. Like, <clears throat> that's it's weird. Like, yes, obviously we know what he did in his first stint, second stint. You know, there's a bit of Mourinho taxes, a bit of just, you know. Everything was out of out of sync at the club last season, really. If we're honest, um, he still got a few goals, um, you know, a couple standout games. But it was clear that he was a little bit more, you know, on the decline. But we've seen it with United and Ronaldo, um, not not putting Bale in the same um, same kind of you know bracket. <clears throat> but we've seen it with those type of players, especially those who were on pace and trickery or whatever. You get to a certain point where if you're going to play them, you've got to build a whole front line around them. You've got to build a whole midfield around them to suit their um, their, their skill set. We don't need to do that. Like, we're past it. Let's be honest. You know, Kane is, is firing. Hopefully he sticks around next season. Son knows exactly what to do when Kane picks up the ball. Kulisevsky knows exactly what to do when he picks up the ball. Um, Bentega's friend and part is, do we need another midfielder? Yes. Do we need other? Do we need a complete new set of wingbacks? Yes. Do we need another centre-back? Yes. Do we probably need another goalkeeper? Yes. So why are we doing pre-contract with Gareth Bale? I just don't get it. Mm. Love the guy. Cool. Well, go play for Wells. And, and it's fine, isn't it? Like, it's cool. We tried it once, you know. Now, if he does come in and he, he does well, whatever. I'm not going to set any sort of expectation. Um I'm like, even, you know, even the, the report is a little bit sketchy. You know, it's a bit weird that it comes out now, April. You know, I'm never really kind of um, <clears throat> up on those kind of reports. You know, especially British media, where they're pretty poor for being reliable, as it were. You know, I'd rather wait for, for Twitter to tell me that's happened before anything. Um, but he did show in the recent games for Wales that he's got something about him. Um, but my thing is, just like a lot of those type of players, the European game, the international game is a lot slower than the Prem. I don't personally think Gareth Bell's body can hack the Premier League. I just don't think it can. And that's going to be the Brendan Bayer next year. Whether you know, we get into Europe, whatever the case may be, the Brendan Bayer is still the Premier League. We still need you for, let's say, 38 games. If, if Kulisevsky, you know, God forbid, gets a season-ending um, injury in October... Well gone for that. You know, Jay Spurs just said we need to re- reunite the Welsh Mafia. Listen, Ben Davies should be out the door as well. Rodon might be out the door. So there ain't going to be no Welsh Mafia next year. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, if, we're, if we're serious, like, you know, we, we need to move past that. You know, he's got some cameos recently, all this kind of stuff. But I'm just tired of it, man. And I'm sure Gav Bell's hamstrings are tired of, of the hot spillway medical room. Um, so, yeah, let's just leave it. I can't believe poor gentle Ben's catching strays off that. That was not the intention at all. Yeah, that, 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 that does James Spurs lined that up. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even think he survives half of Conte's preseason, to be honest, let alone the Premier League. <laughs> um, but boy, um, I'm pretty sure thing. I know that's, how... That's the uh, biggest thing for me. You, you, you sort of look at Gareth Bell's track record over the last, what, five years? 
And it's like, all right, cool. Some will say, oh, it's for squad depth. He's not going to be expected to start. But how many games when Kulisevsky or Kane or Son are sat out, is game going to act? Is Bell actually going to be available for himself? Like that guy, that guy is going to spend more time in the treatment room, more time on the golf course, more time just sort of having a laugh with his with his Welsh buddies than he is on the football pitch. And that's not the type of seat, that's not the type of uh, signing we need at present. We need guys who are going to be available, who are going to push for uh, a berth in the first team, and ultimately are going to get continuous game time and hit the ground running from from the offset and Bell's not that at present this is what I mean and it's my thing as well is um the physical aspect of him is I I really don't think he cares as much about Spurs as himself and his agent are leading us to believe and I mean what are his wage demands going to be I mean like they've alluded to we've got all these other priority positions I mean tying Bale onto a heavy for example, 300k per week contract, that's going to take a substantial chunk out of our budget, which is limited as it is. And I don't think personally we should be prioritizing that anywhere near Gareth Bale. But yeah, um, Jay Spurs is saying we're thinking about bringing back Ericsson. Um, me personally, yes. Uh, Tops, what do you make of the situation? Uh, <clears throat> I. Ericsson, uh, uh. um, let me let me yeah. line this one up for you. Well, as as you think, let me give you one one curveball, one one factor. You deal in matters of the heart, right? Could your heart take something bad happening to Ericsson playing at Spurs? Uh, Talk no, them I mean, talks. No, effectively, effectively, no. Talk like, them talks. Like eff- eff- effectively, no, and and you know what, I'm I'm happy you said you said that because when when I heard it all, when I've heard about all these different rumors and reports, I don't know, I still just kind of feel that like it's lazy recruitment. I I just feel like there are players that are more important that we need. Yes, we need a player like an Ericsson, but again, you're looking at someone who what are his main what are the main drawbacks of this deal with Ericsson? One it is it is his health. Fine, he's being signed on a six month deal. At, at Brentford, and they're happy to take all the risks with that. But we don't know what it could be like if he starts a preseason. We don't know how it could affect us in the future. And then, secondly, this is a player who is more experienced than he was when he first was with us, who has earned more than he's earned than when he was with us, and he is expecting, but he's going to expect more than what he what he was on when he was with us the first time. So, and again, that almost feel, and I think I read something crazy that like for six months, Brentford are. I don't know, are paying somewhere in the mean, in the mean, in the mean. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. In the region of about six to eight million, which I think is absolutely incredible. 
Um, and I feel like at Spurs, it's just too big a wage. It would be too big a wage bill for me to be like, okay, getting back in the team. I would rather just get fresh blood, if I'm totally honest with you guys. I'd rather get someone, like, like I said, players who I feel are going to constantly press the first team, that are going to constantly improve the first team. And actually, like I kind of feel, you know, touch wood, if we can get Champions League, players that can move the needle, players that can then put us in the question or in the conversations when, when we have these big games in Europe or when we have these big games in the league. I just feel like at, at the moment, I just don't see the benefit in it. I, I, I really don't. And people could say, oh, he's on a free and, and this and that. But again, I just feel like there's I just feel like there's far too many cons and the cons are pretty big for me to, to outweigh like the positives, in my opinion. For me, if we're if we're in run it back season, like talking about Bale and Ericsson, then we we need to pivot just so slightly, run it back like we did with Conte, innit? Go back to Dybala. Go see what he's saying. See if we can pay the image rights. We know we're gonna have financial footfall for from the from the little uh, the little face mask and that. Imagine him and Bergwine just just yeah, <laughs> their face coverings and that. Timely timely celebrations in the in the COVID post COVID world. Why? There's other players out there to 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 go and recruit, man. Who as as top said. They move the needle more. They invigorate the team. They come with reputations of of doing big shit outside of Tottenham Hotspur. And we all know, truth be told, eh, those honeymoon returns never really work out for us. I'm looking at uh, Robbie Keane and Nemander. So, yeah, man, let's get some new players in. Let's get players that have, have different profile to what we're used to. And let's just move forward, man. Like... I'm not on that returning to the X business. I'm not. Yeah, I think if we get, you know, I'd rather have Dybala over Bell. I'd rather have Milinkovic Savage over um, Ericsson. <clears throat> just, just get players that we know are, you know, as much as Ericsson's a great player, is he a Champions League player? I don't, I don't necessarily think he's he's still in that kind of prime of his career. Um, so he'll be good enough in and around the English league. But if we're going into Champions League, if we're going into Europe, we need players who can boss it on that level. Do you know what I mean? So why not go and get those players? Instead of going back for, you know, your third time to, to the plate, you know, with Gareth Bell and, and taking a risk on a man's health, you know, we don't we don't need that on, on our hands, as it were. Um, we don't need to go into every game thinking, you know, if, if, if Ericsson has to suddenly start Again, it's his injuries. If Eric's wants to start, you know, 15 games in a row, we're not wondering what his, what his heart's going to be like. That's that's a crazy yeah, thing to have as part of your mentality as a team. Like, you know, if he looks a bit gassed out after the fifth game, am I what, worried about him? And, and these are his friends, you know, Kane, Kane Son, Lloris, and what many more, but Davies, if he's still around, Dyer. And they've all played with him for a number of years. They're, they're close friends. You don't want to see your close friend going through that. We're happy for him. He's got a new lease of life at Brentford. Still scoring against Chelsea. We love to see it. But we're Tottenham. We need to move on now. We need to get somebody else in, in the door. Um, some, there are better midfielders than Ericsson out there in the world. <clears throat> there are better wingers at this present moment than Gareth Bell in the world. So go get one of them, you know. And and let's, let's like Matt Top said, push the needle and push on and, and see what we can do next season with, with a full pre-season of Antonio Conte. Um, which should do us very well. 
Um, and, you know, we know that's going to be brutal. The players already know it's going to be brutal, those that will be staying. Um, and everyone in world football knows it's brutal. Everyone knows what he's like, you know, and we may only have one or two more years with this guy because it can be brutal and players do kind of put to the ground. So we need to make the most of it. We don't need to waste our time worrying about a man and his pacemaker. With all due respect. With all due respect, yeah. <laughs> Very true. In big respect, I still think Ericsson's heart would be more in it than Bale's, but there we go. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, he would. We already knew uh, that, that Bale had an empty heart, man. Look at that. <laughs> Milinkovic Savage is a shout, though. <laughs> Heavy shout. Um, for yeah, those only point. listening um, and maybe not watching the YouTube, we'll see Sai's been throwing up all kinds of celebrations and he's <laughs> just done the, the heart celebration of Bale. Shameless, shameless man. But anyway, um, transfer talk aside, even though uh, it's been a while off oh, the got summer. One more, these... got one more. Got one more. I just want to address this. Uh, of course. James Chuku, uh, for your comment. Is there room for GLC to come back into the fold under Conte? No. Um, Smells. Is there, is there room for I'd him rather, to... I'd rather us recruit TLC or what, what's left of him. Send that bozo back, man. For fucking hell. Not take that I, back, I actually love that reference. That is a beautiful reference. Okay. We will not go chasing <laughs> that box walk. Okay. <laughs> GLC, see you later, buddy. Um, I'm, I'm loving the fact that he's he's got through to was it semi-finals of Champions League. Um, I'm loving the fact that he is um, playing on the big stage. I'm loving the fact he's back in Spain, where the slower game is suited to his the so slow um, style of play. I am <laughs> loving the fact that he is with the Mandem. All the Mandem have pulled up. up All there, the Mandem out there. All the Mandem. You understand? Let them get to the final. Who cares? I don't even care if they even win it. The price of the brick is going up. <laughs> yesterday's price is it's not today's, today's price. price. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see you later, buddy. See you later, buddy. Uh, and none of our lone players are coming back, like except Delhi. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not on loan. He's not on loan. Yeah, he's not on loan, is he? I'm so glad he's going to end back up at Spurs. I'm telling you, man, that was a loan deal. I'm telling you, that was a loan. There was a loan to buy, and we've been swindled, mate. Fucking hell. Uh, I hope you're right, though. <laughs> I don't want to see him back. Jay Spurs is uh, saying, what about a tangy last chance? No. I, I fucking, I was crying earlier because I saw someone tweet, non non has gone right at the Europa League to West Ham. That's a, that's a new slander nickname for him. Uh, got hauled off at half time. Apparently, yeah, I didn't even he was realize. hooked. He was hooked. He was hooked. He was hooked, brother. Yeah, if he if he's hooked, back, yeah. if he's back with us next season, okay, he can feel the he can do he can take the winks role. You know, come on, twenty minutes, see the game out, three 0 up, four 0 up, control possession, all that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think he's going to get a second chance. He doesn't work hard enough. Um, and even on this pod, who and we were his biggest fans for for so many months. Um, I think it, it's clear that yeah. We're over it. And we need to move on. There are better midfielders for our system. There are better players, better, um, more accomplished midfielders out there. You know, so it's, it hadn't worked out. But we need to push on. We don't need to do the whole romantic mm. thing. I mean, so you're basically, you're just all in on Milinkovic Savage, basically. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Oh, yeah, maybe I should have. <laughs> you know, but, even, you know, 
if, if Abosovic was available, I'd say go for him. Do you know I mean, I'm only saying Milinkovic Savage because one, I know how to say his name, and two, because I saw recent reports um, that he was available for around like 50 million. Do you know what I mean? So if he is, Don Levy, Don Antonio, go do the business, man, before Paratici gets locked up in an Italian jail. <laughs> I think, I think to me, the key, the key thing is, and, and obviously some, some of our pod mates, uh, not pointing any elbows to X Park and that, but um, some guys are obsessed with this idea that we need a creative midfielder. We don't. We just don't. We need function in that midfield. We need players that just understand how to win the ball and shift it. Like, we've got enough creativity up top and hopefully we go out and get some sort of proficient right wing back who can create something as well. And then we're sorted. Like, this whole romanticising, like, centre midfielders that have a little bit of swag about them, I'm done with it, man. Like, let's leave it. Someone mentioned, uh, Jay Spurs mentioned uh, Modric, the GOAT, uh, the greatest midfielder of all time. Um, if it was him, I'd make an exception, but he's more than a creative midfielder. So, again, we need someone of, of an ilk who can play whatever role is needed in, in any split second within a game. Uh, but we need people that are combative and technical enough to just get us up the pitch in, in one or two touches. And at present... We've got one in Benton Core. We just need another one of them. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, Gajit is saying uh, thoughts on Diaz Spence. I feel like I was even saying on um, the Twitter a while ago, I feel like we could probably just do a whole Patreon piece on potential new right wing backs. But uh, I personally haven't given Spence an eye test, if anyone else has. Um, no. Yeah, know, I, maybe I, one I, for the future. I like it, yeah, but he would be one for the <clears throat> I've seen him a few times. Um, funny, not only just in, in this this season, but you know, a few seasons ago, coming up through the ranks. He's a good, good player, definitely a good player. If you're going to buy him, he's he's probably a bit more of a project. Um, I don't think. Again, you got to think: is the player you're buying a Champions League starting right wing back? If that rules Lampy Well, for me, I don't think Lampy is that. Do you know what I mean? But can Lamptey become that in the next under Conte? I think Lamptey has more of a chance of becoming that than Spence does because Lamptey's been playing at a higher level and Lamptey's come through at a higher level. I mean, so for me, I just think, you know, if we're going <clears> to... <throat> the players that we should be targeting at least should be players that walk into, let's say, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed we get top four, that walk into a top four, <clears throat> a Champions League team. Um, and if they're not, then we know that that might be a potential weakness. Should we progress in those type of competitions? Should we get to a FA Cup semi-final against a Man City, who are a Champions League team, and we've got to play them to get through to a final against whoever? <clears throat> those are the situations that let us down because we don't have that quality on the pitch. We need to get that type of quality, and especially in those key areas, wing-back for <clears throat> for a Conte team is, is, is <clears throat> an, an absolutely crucial position we've got lucky this year but we're in the top four not because we're the fourth best team in, in the country as much as we're in a good run of form we are though i didn't want to say it but sorry <laughs> said it. um it's mainly because the other teams have dropped off may united who have more talent quote unquote in their team have just flopped arsenal bottled it during the past two games so because of that that's given us a window and we've taken our our chance but 
over the course of the season, we haven't been, <clears throat> you know, putting teams away left, right and centre. So we've got lucky that <clears throat> the likes of, you know, Matthew, Chicken, um, Reggie <laughs> and, and Suspect have been able to hold it down in a Conte team. But I, I do, uh, I do you, have a new uh, slander name for Emerson, though. Aaron Why why is he trying to play as like second striker? It's, it's baffling. Oh man, this guy's embarrassing. He's so yeah. bad. He's so bad. It might just be me still. <laughs> no, like like as well. Like I can second what David's saying. Um, I mean, if we can get a player who's of real, real quality as a starter. And then uh, maybe a young player uh, as like a project, like a Spence, or even maybe even promote uh, Lavinia, maybe. Stop. Um, Stop. I just <laughs> Dave get the tingle just then. Is... <laughs> I just Dave's I reaching his hand out. Like, tag me in. Like, tag me in. Like, like personally, I just can't. I just can't see us moving on with with Emerson um, if we're going to continue playing this way on the Conte. I feel like Emerson's going to be a going to be a goer. In the summer, um, and I don't know whether he, whether he wants to keep Doherty or not. Uh, be interested, but I, you're absolutely right. We need to we need a top. I, I mean, I was reading as well, like um, earlier on, uh, Madrid are real, having a real problem because uh, Marcelo is pretty much out the door, and uh, Mendy as well. He's whilst he's an excellent player for them at left back, he's so injury prone. Um, so it kind of just it's kind it's kind of pulling the idea that if Regalon's given the opportunity to go back, he might. So you know, again, that means we need to find a top level left wing back um, specialist positions on the, on both flanks to fill, which I think are like so so key to like Conte's style. Uh, but then it's difficult. I mean, how many of these players, especially these kind of specialists, are out there? Um, you need to make sure that you find players who are specific for these systems then you need to make sure that they're performing at levels that are above sort of the average. Then you need to take onto account, you know, their uh, actual recruitment details, how long are their contracts, what they'd be willing to take, what positions they are, they are, as, they are in as well. And, you know, um, what we can also give them as well. Like, there's lots to kind of think about. And I just really hope that, like, Paratici is just putting in, putting in the OT on the recruitment process because come the summer, the summer's going to be a funny one as well because the season starts a, a, a week or two earlier because of the World Cup. Um, so whilst the players get a decent rest, it's going to, we're going to hit the ground running because the World Cup's obviously in December and we wouldn't want to put ourselves in a position where we're catching up when the, when the World Cup hits. You know? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's absolutely fair. And um, I see a couple of um, other players being pitched. But, yeah, we're going to have to come back after a few scout reports, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think um, talk about Lamptey was almost a bit of a nice segue into what our next game is. We've got an early kickoff on Saturday. So the morning the pod comes out. So, um, yeah, you might even be listening to this after the game. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, we've um, got, I mean, Brighton have got quite a lot of their injured players back 
Now they've got Mwepu back. Uh, Lamptey's now match fit. Casado looks like he's giving them a bit of potency and life up front. And obviously they played us recently and kind of have an idea of how we're going to play. Um, Dave, firstly, how do you uh, how do you see this game planning out? Um, it's a must win. <clears throat> I mean, I know every game is must win in that sense, but with the the, the red side of North London got their <clears throat> their game in hand next week, if they did strike some sort of luck and win those two games, then obviously they're back in the driving seat. So we need to make sure that we've put as much distance between us and them. <clears throat> if we win this game and they win their two, they're still level on points with us, but our goal difference should be superior. That's that. <clears throat> it's a 12-30 game. I hate with a passion, the 12-30 game. <clears throat> it's, it's just the recipe for disaster. Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't necessarily think it will be, but that's just, that's got me from being too gung-ho um, about the result. Um, yeah, it's, they're, they're a good side. Um, as much as they scored two against um, Arsenal, I think they hadn't, they hadn't won in seven, and they hadn't scored many goals in those seven games. I, I, I can't remember what the exact stat was. So they're not a side who are particularly um, dominant going forward. <clears throat> they shouldn't pepper us like Aston Villa did. They shouldn't press us, you know, push us back, you know, um, like Aston Villa did. So again, it's it's like I said to um, to last week. <clears throat> Once we get to two goals, I, I feel quite comfortable. I don't think any of these type of teams have enough to pull us back into a game when we're two up. Not only because of our own solidity, we're quite solid if we're being honest. Um, obviously the May United game notwithstanding, but Leeds, clean sheet, Everton, clean sheet, um, Villa, clean sheet, Newcastle only conceded one. That was an error. So we're doing well, which is why our goal difference is at plus 19, um, <clears throat> considering it was minus one about six, seven weeks ago. So it's, it, the only thing that concerns me is this 12th situation. Um, we interested in Cucurella. Um, I like Cucurella. I think he's a very good player for them. Um he probably will be getting a move in the next year or so to a quote-unquote bigger club, maybe like a West Ham, maybe, um, or, or something like that. <clears throat> but it'll be interesting to to see how we, we fare. We do have those injuries with, um, obviously, Matthew out. Who do we play at right back? I, I hope he doesn't trust Chicken Royale anymore, um, the errant one, because <clears throat> he, just, he, just, he just can't hack it. And, and if I'm any manager, I'm saying to the team, yeah, go down that side, target him, uh, give them a problem. Um, hopefully Kane scores. He hasn't scored in three games or so. Um, three games. Our last 12 goals have have, have been by other players and not him, which is a good sign. You know, we're not a one-man team, um, but it would be nice to see the big man get uh, get a couple goals. Um, and, and yeah, let's, let's see if we can put the game away early. You know, and and not have any late drama. You know, two two those kind of things. Um, I'm going for a three nil win. Oh, early prediction in all sorts, bro. That's like supposed to come at yes. the end of the show. You didn't even wait. Sorry, nah. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my I was discipline. Actually, when I was um, passing to Dave, I was like, oh, how do you think the game was going to go? And the score prediction, please. But I assumed that he would say the score prediction at the end, and uh, <laughs> lo and behold, he did. So, fair play. 
either way, uh, the score prediction was coming, right? Um, look at see. Now you're thinking about this game because I, I, I'm personally quite nervous. I can't even lie. Like, um, Wepu, who was kind of that there, Brighton's big name signing in the summer, and before he got an injury, he actually picked up a couple of nice goals. He seems to score pretty low XG chances as well, which is probably the only player capable in the whole Brighton squad of doing so. Um, do you fear the the? Have any um, fear about his return and no, some I'll, of the, yeah, the other players' return like, <laughs> to fitness? I, I really don't. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they've lost a little bit of whatever mojo that they were uh, they, that they had uh, the last run of games. Seven, you know, haven't hadn't won in seven. And they talk, they're talking Booker. And and they and honestly they they played pretty badly. Like I was looking at the form table, they were 18th in the league before the Arsenal game. And it was a funny one because when I was looking, I was like, what are, what have Arsenal done today that have allowed them to play this way? It looks like he changed the tactic. They played Kukurela as the left centre-back in a back three. Uh, they played Gross and Trossard as wing-backs. Um, and they had quite a combative midfield in Calcedo, uh, Calcedo, Bissouma and, and Wepu. So it was kind of an interesting one. And I think in that game as well, they only had 30% possession, had like three three times less amount of passes than Arsenal. So it just seemed like they were extremely clinical against Arsenal. They took the chances that, that they that, that came to them like really well. I don't know. Um, I'm not that impressed by them. I, I, I'm really not. Um, I feel like they're there to be got at. Um, when we played them, Earlier on in the it was in the cup, uh, well I thought we were so dominant in that game. And I, I know it was a really comfortable evening, but I just felt the whole game was so dominant. I think it was after an international break, and it was an evening game, and we just really just gave them a real, real hard time. And I imagine it's going to be the same. I know people want us to kind of feel ours oh, twelve thirty game. It's an opportunity to drop points with other teams playing behind us. But I just feel that at the moment, like without signing like too overconfident where like a team that's not given many chances away and we're creating an extreme amount of chances with players who are performing way over their XG at the moment. So, well, no, not way over their XG, about what their XG. Kane's about 1.5 right now. Sun's at like 1.8. So these are kind of, these are kind of performing sort of players in the final third. That's going to give them a wealth of problems. And to be honest with you, they don't normally play well, they've not been playing uh, three at the back, uh, five in midfield. So it seems that in the last couple of games, they've just kind of reverted to it and it seems to be working for them. But then again, like, I mean, come on. I mean, am I going to be scared of Danny Welbeck up front? No. Like, I just, no. Sebastian Gross, Trossard, these are not players that I'm like, you know, I'm shaking in my boots about. So I'm just going to say, for the weekend, it's just going to be a clean 2-0 win for us. Damn. And uh, thank you again for the score prediction as well. Um, great insight into the game as well. Um, yeah, it just reminded me of something as well. Like there was someone on the main touchline account absolutely slandering Potter before the Arsenal game. And it sounded like it was coming from an Arsenal fan to then obviously be out, um, out coach, well, have their coach out coached by. Uh, by Potter, so yeah, maybe maybe the Potter hive might be back. Who knows? Uh, Sai, how are you feeling? So to contextualise what I'm about to say, obviously Brighton were on a 
putrid run in the lead up to the Arsenal game. Crappy record, overcame it. Same thing happened with Palace. They had a crappy record against Arsenal, overcame it. These teams don't have anything to play for when they play against us. They really don't. Like, there's no pride at stake. They 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 got their one win in what was it, seven or eight games. It should be academic. Last time we played them, I know Owen, you were at that game, weren't you? Uh the 2-0. It's what, a month ago? Like mm. absolute blunt edge in front of goal. Like zero shots on target against a team that ultimately we concede chances on target. So yeah, man, as long as we do what we have to do at home weekend, hopefully the sun is shining. So Sun Sun Hun, uh, whatever we want to call him at the minute, whatever new name he's got, it should be a picture perfect afternoon, to be perfectly honest. Like if 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 we somehow fuck this up, like it's not gonna be for me, for me, it's more likely to be an an indictment on our performance than them outplaying us. Like, I can't see a situation of them turning up and just running rampant on us. Like, I I can't see that in all honesty. As uh, they've said, if we early and often, we can kill that game off. And uh, finally, I think uh, Conte was saying in his um, in the build up. Um, might have been a press conference, might not, but he said that Sesson Young's fit to start. Um, who are we starting left wing back? I think Sess is going to be on the right. I think you put Sess on the right. And It'd be interesting off. because he did that in um, the, in the sorry, Cup, yeah. yeah, he did. He did, I think, anyway. Um, I yeah, know. it was just when I was watching, um, well, when I was at the Brighton game, sorry, it was uh, a case of Regulon went through on goal twice and where he was okay in build-up, he was pretty wasteful in the final third. So I do wonder if uh, Conte hasn't forgotten that. Um, I'd be okay with either, to be fair. If if we see if we see Sessegnon on the right-hand side, a guy who, on his natural foot, struggles to take the ball in stride, if it's not a sort of run onto this little young fella, man, left foot, left foot, touch infield, we're getting countered all day long because you know it's going to be heavy. So I don't want to see that shit. As much as Emerson is a bit of a liability, just play the guys in their natural positions at this point. There's no point really uh, deviating too tough. Obviously, there were fitness issues with Regulon, which is why Doherty started on the left-hand side in the first place. Now he's injured. We've just got to utilise the squad as much as possible. So, as pro- providing we don't we don't go into the game lackadaisical, I say, what, 3-0? Maybe they'll get a goal from a, from a set-piece because Romero hasn't made a mistake from a set-piece in a couple of weeks. So, we're due <laughs> one. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Three nil, man. Well, quite literally keeping our feet on the ground with Romero, huh? One hundred. Yeah, it's. uh, It's a funny one because what is that? Yeah, but we saw um, we saw last weekend Brighton where um, it did very well to punish there being too many square pegs in round holes in um, in the other team they played. So yeah, I can't agree. Um, I actually thought Emerson did quite well in the second half. 
of the Aston Villa game as well. Did well enough to get a nice comp out of it on his account. So <laughs> let's get some like, momentum. If you haven't seen that, for anyone listening, go and watch that shit. That shit is fucking embarrassing. It's oh. funny because he'll have three clips and that'll be pretty much it. But it's got a nice song on there. And it, <laughs> the, the, the three clips he'll have have been strung out and there'll be a replay of a couple of them and then... Yeah, he, he five yard pass infield for the um <laughs> for the sun hat trick goal. <laughs> I was just like, yo, it's proper shameless. Even man. with the clip re- uh, fast forwarded, it was longer than all of the highlights for the rest of his participation in the game. It's fucking so embarrassing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, do you know it's, what? It's, right. it's so hilarious as well because do you know what it's giving? It's giving like you know when you're like you either you know if you're like in America and you're like an American football player and you're trying to get someone to scout you, you're just putting out your tapes every single week trying to get someone to scout you and as always as like someone said to him, big man, be ready to pack your bags, but we need to have some tape on you, get the tape out there put it out there, <laughs> let everyone know what you're about Emerson's basically saying yesterday's price is not today's price <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to say look you know that um, Idris Elba put him in like, That's the inverse, though, man, because he's yeah, um, less than we bought him for. That's for certain, mate. Yeah, yeah. There's he's no return to his team and said, Look, tell everyone we're back out there, man. But yeah, it's oh, Emerson. Oh, gosh, he's he's horrible. And um, Brighton, Brighton played Norwich a couple of weeks ago, right? They had 31 shots, four on target. See, and it was nil nil. Ridiculous! That's ridiculous, man. I don't think people understand how how poor this is. One for four out of thirty-one to be on target. <laughs> That's Russell Westbrook numbers, man. That is that is, that is <laughs> just brick, brick. That is Westbrook, okay. And then to make matters even worse, you don't score out of the four that are on target against the worst team in the league. Still end up with a nil draw. To be honest, you know we're, we're mocking them and and rightfully so at this present moment. But we should be able to deal with a team that that porous. Um, yeah, we've got some decent players, but like like Sai said, I think if we do slip up, it'll be down to our ineptitude and our you know making mistakes or whatever the case would be, as opposed to them playing us off the park. Um, the 2 0 win recently was quite comprehensive. We played them in the FA Cup as well. I think it was 3 1, I want to say. Um, again, you know, we should be able to deal with, with that team. Um, let's see how they go. For sure, for sure. And um, yeah, echoing a lot of um, a lot of points on Brighton. And I think I'm going to have a score prediction of 3 1, but I think we get the second and the third goal quite late. I'm apprehensive um, because I know they they can move the ball well and uh, them having some players back is just a little bit sketchy. I'm not as confident. I'm not as confident as you guys are. You've been slandering Arsenal for most of the pod where uh, it's still technically in their hands as well. So I'm not counting my chickens just yet. But boy, let's hope we're not inept. Um, But that about wraps it up for... um, for this week's pod. Thank you uh, to the rest of my cast members for joining me today. And um, just to 
get the housekeeping out of the way, you can find us on at New Spurs Order on the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, the Instagram in particular, where Dave's doing a bit of a madness at the moment. Um, as usual, we have our streams every Thursday, pods out every Saturday morning in the audio form. So try and catch that before the game if you can. And um, come on, you Spurs. Peace. Let's do this. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Podcast Network.